Hello, I'm your host, Leonard Duncan. Welcome to a new episode of ATV Talk and Motorsports Podcast. Please join us every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. We bring you interviews with industry professionals, live events, live news about the motorsports industry in every episode. Enjoy the show. Whether we are out riding with our friends and family or racing in extreme environments, we all need good tires. That's why I recommend GBC Power Sports Tires, a division of Greenball Corp. Their products, which include XC Master, Mini Master, and Groundbuster 3, are what leading professionals in the ATV UTV industry are using. You can get your tires at greenballtires.com or find them on Instagram as GBC Tires for further inquiries. Are you looking for the best suspension technology for your sport ATV? Look no further than Elka Suspension, the industry leader in sport ATV suspension technology. With championship wins in prestigious events such as the Dakar Rally, Score, Best in the Desert, ATV MX, Cross Country, and Works, Elka Suspension has established itself as the go-to choice for athletes and enthusiasts alike. But they don't just stop at ATVs. They're constantly expanding into new markets, including UTVs, trucks, SUVs, pit bikes, snowmobiles, and more. Their commitment to innovation and quality means they're always looking to improve and adapt so you can enjoy a smooth ride wherever you go. Want to learn more about what Elka Suspension can do for you? Visit their website at elkasuspension.com or give them a call at 450-655-4855. They will always be happy to answer your questions and help you find the perfect suspension solution for your needs. Cody Collier, welcome back to ATV Talk. How are you, sir? I'm doing great, Leonard. How are we doing? I'm doing awesome. Outstanding. Hey, I know that you're a busy guy. You got a lot of things happening. You're getting ready for 2024 and you got a lot of big things happening in your life. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I got, uh, got engaged to my fiance, Lacey. Uh, we got a puppy this winter, uh, just doing the house stuff and prepping for the, the 24 season. Like you said, it's a uh, busy for sure. So you mentioned something about a bunch of flowers on the pool table. What what's going on with oh, that? Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. No, uh, we're all we're all set up. We're just uh, prepping. Just trying to get ahead of the game. So whenever we pick the date, it's just press play and we're ready to roll. Oh, nice. So, so do you think you guys are going to uh, pick a date soon? Yeah, yeah. We're uh, we're looking in August and um, just try. We're uh, I'm supposed to race the Canada eight hour this year with uh, Gabriel now the Canadian Waka Flocka. So. Uh, just waiting on a date on the eight hour to work, work around, but we're looking in August, hopefully. What an amazing gal you got there that'll work around your race schedule to get married. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. She knows what's up. She knows what she got into. So uh, that that's incredible. Congratulations, by the way, you know, on that. And, um, you know, a, a lot of conversations happened between us over 2023 we did, uh, I believe it was eleven race reports. Yep, yeah. I thought I was sick at one, and we missed the first round. Right, and so we did ten, and then we did all so ten to so twelve round seasons. But uh, Josh Merritt subbed in for me at uh, Florida or Georgia. I can't remember which one. Yeah, one round, and then we missed the first one because I'm a knucklehead. No, no, I didn't think of it until we were down. I think I texted you Thursday about it. Thursday yeah, evening I, about it. So just uh no, it may happen for round two. I was happening I was in Texas uh doing a video for forty one thirty motorsports. Mm-hmm. You know, and didn't it didn't even dawn on me what was going on because we could have done it. I just was not understanding that it was right then. Oh, no, you had things going on, and it was a new new thing, and uh, no, we made it happen, man. Right. And and you had a long season. Um, you got you had a battle all year with Brandon and, Lan- uh, and Wolf. I mean, you guys bounced back and forth, first, second, third, first, second, third. 
Uh, I mean, it, it was a tough year. No, no, it was a good year, good competitive year. Uh, Landon really came to play every single round. Just, he just seemed to have bad luck this year. Just one thing after another just didn't line up right for him. Um, Brandon had some good getaway rides when me and Landon were having issues. And then, uh, uh, you know, uh, we had a lot of really, really close, good to tight racing too. Yeah, you guys, all three of you guys seem to do really, really well and have a, and have a good year. Um, I, I know that you always rode the 850. Yep. And they discontinued that model. How is that going to affect Cody Collier coming up in 2024? No, no it's not going to affect me at all. You know, just got to be more careful with the throttle. Uh, for with me, the 850, it just uh, saved a few axles, saved uh, saved the quad a little bit more. But now I know how to ride the things. I'm, you know, two-time champ now, so I know how to ride the things. I've ridden a thousand before. It just uh, It was just a longevity thing. But everyone's on the same machine, so no excuses. You think the thousand is a little harder on the drivetrain than the eight fifty was? Oh yeah, no, it's it's definitely got more pep, more torque, and it just bites harder and puts more tension on everything, and just makes makes it harder for the on the on all that for two hours. <laughs> Had you thought about trying to find some old eight fifties and racing those? I mean, we have a brand new eight fifty motor sitting sitting on a shelf for. Uh, uh you know just in cases but no we're just uh um just running the 1000 that's all that they have uh have for sale at any showroom right now we we, we called pretty much everyone in the united states had people look around for us trying to find an 850 but they're sold out so uh yeah we're on the 1000 ready to roll and does the suspension and and the ergonomics and you know where the handle are the controls is that all in the same place yeah, so the chassis is 100% the same, but I think there's only like a 30-pound weight difference, if that, 20, 30-pound weight difference. So it's nothing major, uh, nothing I don't think I'll mess with the shocks for that. But I might have to. We'll see. I haven't, I haven't tested on it yet, but it should be good. Horse, what's the horsepower rating difference? Uh, I know that the 1,000 stock is 91. And then I, I don't know what the 850 is because me and my buddies were talking about it uh, in the group in, the, in my group chat this off season. We're like moving up to 1,000. What's the horsepower? I didn't look up the 850. Okay, so but you're positive it d- does make more power. Yes, yes, for sure, for sure. I was talking. Uh, I'd, I'd be I'd be guessing that the 850 makes around 80, 85 at most. I mean that's a difference, but it for the weight difference it's maybe not that much of a difference uh to me the power definitely uh you feel i feel it in sections here and there brandon and land were pulling on me this year but just for the a two hour race for what we do i could manage with the 850 i just felt like i get a better finish more consistently with 850 i know you were having some back muscle issues last year how are how are you in the off season how is that going for you Oh, it's good. Uh, no, I, I've had back issues since I was 18. It pretty much crippled me, and that's why I switched to the 4 by 4 My back said no more with the sport quads trying to run on that beat-up track. But, uh, no, it's it's hit and miss. You know, some some races, it's it's track-dependent. So, like, if it's Florida and Camp Coker and a really gnarly, rough track, it's going to it's gonna hurt Sunday. It's just going to hurt. So that's just all there is to it. I wear a kidney belt, a, a really nice supported kidney belt, um, doing what I can for it. No, I, I feel good. I'm ready to roll, man. What uh, what have you done different other than the thousand that you same tire package same everything? Yeah, yeah, just uh, I'm finalizing a couple of deals, testing some new products still. So uh, got a couple of things in the works, but um, mostly the same team, ninety ninety five percent the same team uh, going for the three P. Nice, nice. I mean, that's it's nice to still seem uh, you know hungry. You know, most people win a couple championships. And they get a little lackadaisical. You seem a little animated, almost like you're ready for the season to start now. Oh, yeah. No, last season was exciting, you know. Uh, definitely definitely some drama and excitement going on last season. I'm ready for, ready for round two, man. Have you got to talk to any of the other guys in the class to see how they're preparing or or anything new going on with them? Uh, no. Um no, I uh, I don't really talk to anyone. Me and Justin Woods were good pals when he was in there. Uh, being our motorsports is just uh, 
doing their thing mechanically. Uh, I'm not real pow pow with a lot of them. Me and Gavin Jenkins are good friends. I spent New Year's uh, spent New Year's with Gavin Jenkins and his girlfriend and his house, his fiance at his house. Uh, plan on uh, I guess this weekend, uh, the twentieth this weekend. Me and get me and Gavin and my dad are driving to Florida Trail Riders on Saturday. Uh, after work on Friday, driving through the night to get there and race. And then there's a race in Kentucky on the way home Sunday. And uh, uh, us crazies are going to try to make a doubleheader this weekend. Nice. And you're going to ride the 4 by 4 Are you riding a 1,000? I'm running the, my bone stock uh, YFZ 450. Just going out and having some fun and putting in some laps. Oh, so you're going to ride a sport quad. Yeah. No, I like a little cross-training, change it up a little bit. So it's it's bone stock minus an ECU and an exhaust and tires, stock wheels, stock suspension. Got Nerf bars on there, handlebars. If you count that, but it's it's bone stock and my Lightning McQueen machine. As long as you have fun on it, that's all that matters, right? Oh yeah, oh yeah. No, it's something I can just go out there and beat on and just uh, just have fun with it. Bone stock motor, so I can just let her eat. Well, there you go. That and to race to race back to back. What are the lengths of the races, the race on Saturday and then the race on Sunday? They're probably going to do like hour and a half in a lap. No, in the local series, that's normally how they do it. Maybe hour and a half cap it. So like Florida is going to be, you know, 60, 70 degrees. I haven't looked at the weather in Florida. I assume it's just going to be beautiful. But then uh, Sunday at the Mid-South, it's supposed to be like 10 degrees. Oh, geez. So, oh, yeah. It's been cold around here. I've been doing a little bit of uh, riding. Uh, it's just been... It's been 40 degrees, so it's been 40 degrees with no sunshine and just rain on every couple of days, so it's just a soupy mess. So this week, it's finally gotten cold enough where the ground's actually frozen, so it's not just a soup fest. But um, no, I just, I've just been, just been trying to get some good riding in, and it's been tough this offseason with all the slop that we've had up here in Ohio. Is the cold, cold weather later in the year this year, or is it just normal? Yeah. Uh, last year it was like this too. I think the year before it started that trend, but normally it's, you know, I think the last three Christmases were no white in Ohio. That's just wild. My whole life growing up, all my, I had white Christmas every single year. Well, so with all the snow. For you, Christmas <laughs> thing going on. Really? Rub it in. Uh, yeah. Little- yeah. Yeah. You enjoy your 50 degrees and sunshine and beaches, buddy. I'll enjoy the the ice and snow and dealing with all the drivers and rush rush hour traffic in the morning. Uh, I think we had a frost one Christmas, you know, so there was some ice on the on the plants and the and the ground a little bit. Um, and I think we had a heat wave one Christmas that was like eighty five. Yeah, yeah, that's solid. <laughs> I saw it. I, I think that I think this year it was uh forty degrees or something at Christmas. It was just just wild. It's always freezing, always snowy. This last last three seasons it's been pushed back. So now it's finally I think going to be cold enough so where the ground's frozen and not a slot fest where you can actually put in good laps, not just do mud riding. I can't remember a holiday where I did nothing. I mean, seriously did nothing. And um my wife and I sat on the couch and watched movies and I had a fire and we just sat. I mean, uh, Cody, you and I've had long conversations, you know, I'm always doing something, whether I'm doing it with a podcast or I'm building the quad in the garage oh, yeah. or at, 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 at where I work. And uh, I sat on the couch and you'll never guess Adam McGill texts me out of the blue. Well, not out of the blue. We've been, I've been trying to get him on the show forever. And he goes, he texts me, he goes, uh, if you're free, I'm driving to Florida. <laughs> More looking for something to do. May, may as well get on the podcast. Yeah, might as well have a conversation, right? There's no video. Oh, yeah. But on Christmas Day, uh, my wife, I, I took two hours out of the movie time. And um, by the time I got connected with Adam, I talked to Adam for, um, you know, an hour and a half on Christmas. And while he was, stuff, how'd that go? Uh, you know, better than expected because we couldn't stay on topic. We bounced around from cross country to two strokes to, to rules to, uh, you know, history. I mean, it was just, 
you know Adam. It, oh yeah, long time. We talked, you know, KTM's. We we just we just had a great conversation. Um, he's a good dude. I really enjoyed uh, getting to know him a little bit better, um, mm-hmm. and and learning. So uh, it was good. Oh, he's been he's been doing it at high, the highest level for a long time. So he know he knows what he's doing. What's going on over there? You know, he's still on that dinosaur, but maybe maybe he'll learn one day. Uh, well, he that does come out in the in the uh, podcast about what he intends to do, and I'm not gonna. It's gonna. I'm talking to you, and it's we're gonna air after the fact. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Oh yeah! He's gonna ride a okay. Honda forever. You know, he's not changing. Hey, he's comfortable on it. He's got a good program, and not why why don't fix what's not broken. Got got a win this year, I think, and then several podiums. So, yeah, and he collected enough parts that he can race for years on what he has. So, yeah, fair right. enough. Right? Yeah. So, uh, this is the first time that we've had the background that you have behind you. Uh, <laughs> why don't you fill me in a little bit on what you got going on back there? Uh, because I'm blind and I can't read all that stuff. So no, no, you're good. Uh, this is the uh, the wins from this year. I got five wins this year. Uh, five wins from this year. I got uh, some miscellaneous other four by four wins up top there. Um, all sorts of amateur trophies and medals and some some of my favorite pictures. And I got another wall over there with 2022's wins and some special awards. And I got a a championship wall with the last year's poster. Nice. Uh, got that going on. Yeah. That's pretty awesome little room there. Uh, how did the banquet go for you guys? Good. Good. It's good sailing. Um, it was a good night. No no complaints. No drama. Just a uh, good time. And then uh, me, me and Lacey went uh, skiing at Snowshoe where we race. That's that's our ski spot. And it's, uh, that's where she grew up skiing. Her uh, family has a cabin on the, at the bottom of that mountain. And uh, so that place is special to her, and I, I talked her into skiing the next day, and that's where I proposed at the top of the world at Snowshoe. So, never seen it coming. That's what I was. That's what I was. The story I wanted to come out right there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I, I was. I've been. You know, it's been a bit overdue, but she would have taken a ring pop. I want to get her a ring she deserved. You know, so uh, saved up, got me a nice ring, and uh, tried to figure out how to do it. You know, it's it's for her. Like I can't just do it at my banquet. So I was like, you know, that that snowshoe. I was like. We're going to my banquet. I'll just, you know, I mentioned it like Tuesday, Wednesday that, that week. I'm like, let's go to Snowshoe, just on a whim. Like, I'm feeling it. And uh, we, she, she bit the bait and we went and her dad asked for photos. I'm like, let's go to the top of the mountain, get some nice photos. We don't got any nice photos. And we set up the phone, I'm like, set it on record. So, you know, we can take screenshots and whatever. So I got, got, I got her. I got her good. So she had no clue. None. None. Let me ask you, did you go old school and ask dad first? I did not want anyone to know. I did not want anyone. It's a long time coming. He knew it was coming. I I talked to him. He was the first person we called. So I got that off the hook. But no, I just wanted it to be a surprise. I I didn't want anyone to know anything. I didn't tell my mom until like that Wednesday or something. She was the (laughs) only person that knew. Uh, You didn't want her to give away your secret, huh? Nope. Nope. So that's That's too cool. I I love to hear things like this. Um, Not always do you, you get um, excitement like this. You know, I get to know you, I get to know you. I get to know a lot of the other people that come on the show or, or people through it. So living a little bit of your life and and getting excited about the things that are going on with you. I know it sounds probably corny, but um, we are distant friends. I've never physically met you, but I I feel that you know we've become friends, and and I have yeah. quite a few people through the through the industry that way, and uh, I enjoy hearing these stories from everybody to 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 get along and and know what's going on in their lives, and I think that the fans you know, that may not know everything that goes on with you behind the scenes really love to hear this kind of stuff too. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, uh, no, no. I, I appreciate learning everything you do for me and the, in the sport and, you know, uh, do anything for you, anything you need at any time, brother. But no, um, yeah, we'll just do one more little tidbit about, you know, what I got going on in my life, but seeing who the rider is uh, underneath the helmet. Right. Um, 
what we're, you know, we go fast on quads and, you know, or dirt bikes or three wheelers or whatever the event is, but, you know, we're real people doing, doing real things too. Uh, you know, I, uh, we've talked about before, I work 40 plus hours a week as an electrician. Uh, I'm getting ready to top out and, uh, next month in February and become a journeyman and be able to go and work for my dad and start the process of taking over the business. So I got a lot of really big things going on this year, starting to move over to my dad's company and start that whole process, getting married, uh, got another dog this winter and just, uh, life's rolling, man. How old are you again? 25. Well, dude, you're a baby. Uh, yeah, that, but that's, you know what, knowing what that you wanted a goal and you want to achieve it. Um, how does your dad feel about you taking over the business? It, uh, I mean, he he would have been fine, you know, working for him, like just small time for himself. But, uh, you know, I got I got into this racing thing and he realized what it took to do the racing thing and uh, made the sacrifices to make the business what it is today. And, uh, you know, I, I you know, I, I was trying to find my own way in the world. I you know I went to college with, you know, when, when you're coming up through high school right now, no one ever tells you to go into a trade or anything. It's not even an option. So I tried college and it just wasn't for me. And uh uh, I just, you know, what, what do I want? You know, I want, I want to be able to, I want to be a great dad, provide for my kids. And, um, if I can go racing, provide for my family, I, I'm, I'm content. My dad does that plentifully. And, uh, I, I love the work. I love the, I love the people I'm around, the type of people I'm around, the good, you know, blue collar dudes. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's met, met for me. That's, that's great. You know, when you're, when you have children, you never know what they're going to do. Whoa, 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 whoa! No, I said when. Slow down, slow, slow down there, Leonard. Yeah, no, I'm shooting for thirty. Shooting for thirty. I'm very excited. I'm shooting for thirty. That's, that's okay. Uh, I uh, I didn't have a plan. I mean, I did not have a plan. I didn't know. Um, I didn't even know that I was going to work in the ATV world. Um, my dad had the business and. So things changed in, and in 86, 87, um, there was a, a big change. I know that's a long time ago. I know. Uh, Before my time. Yeah, things changed. And I went and did some construction. And there was a lull in construction. And, and um, my brother had taken over. And I came to work for him. And that was back in the 80s. And um, here we are today. Um, but, but but what I was getting at with, with kids is um, you want them smart, healthy, and happy. Or healthy, yeah. healthy happy, and, and smart. And um, I would have loved my son to, to follow in my footsteps or to, to, to work in my trade. But I'm also super proud of the direction that he's went in. And um, I, you can't. He's more successful at that, and and I think being able to provide for his family, and I think your dad's probably the same way. You know, I'll help you any way I can, but you know, just don't go down the wrong road. Yeah, yeah, no, uh, he he did not want me to be a hammer swinger. Let me tell you, he wanted me to go to college and go, you know, go suit and tie and go do something, but uh. He wanted me to be a plastic surgeon if we're just going to be frank. He, that's what he wanted me to do. I went and shadowed a couple places. I watched a couple of nose jobs. Let me tell you how brutal that is. I've never seen it. Um, but no, it just wasn't for me. You know, I just, uh, just uh, like I said, I just want to provide for my family, my coming family and uh, do my racing and uh, just provide a good home for good electricians. Cody, you know, take, take care of your guys. They'll take care of you. It's that simple. And it's just, you, you, you just don't see it in the work, work world. Everyone's just like, we're just going to cut corners and step over dollars to pick up pennies. And just, it's just, uh, you know, I just want to make a good home for good electrician. Uh, I so agree with that. You know, too many people are grabbing pennies and, and losing dollars. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's just now we'll get off that tangent. But no, I'm very excited for my my career, and then you know I'm overly excited about what I've accomplished so far in my racing career and what I've got left to prove and do. And um, no, got a got a lot of big things going on right now for sure. Let me ask you this: if you could sum it up for the younger people that are listening to this, what is being a solo? I know that racing is not a solo thing 
but it's solo when you're out there on the machine. What do you think that that has taught you that you carry over into life? Oh, I, I, everything, you know, the, the, the racing's made me the man I am, I think more than anything, just the, the, the learning of trial and error and risk assessment and growth. And, uh, you know, if you, if you start to see this racing on a high level, you can take that same vision and anything else. Like it's a, uh, well, Lacey, Lacey, Lacey hates that I'm good at every, like pretty much every, I, I'm good at pretty much everything. Like I really try, I try to, if I'm playing pool, right? Like whereas I'm sitting in front of the pool table right now, I'm like, okay, how does a pro do this? How, what are they seeing? What are they looking for? What, what's the angles, the cuts and, you know, try some things out. Don't be afraid to try. Don't be, be afraid to try and fail pretty much. Uh, that's excellent. So what you're saying is that being a racer has taught you to give 110% to everything you do. Absolutely. It just, uh, yeah, no, it just, uh, you know, you, you, you get, you get out of it, what you put into it, you reap what you sell. So, you know, um, I put my heart and soul into racing my entire life and it's going, you know, it's got, gotten me here. Uh, you know, number one ranked four by four rider in the country. You know, it's, it's, it's awesome. It's just, uh, looking back on it, it's hard to believe that I've, I've got here, but it's been, uh, been grit and grime and determination and racing, eight times on a weekend just you know between all the, the mini and youth races and even jumping on the dirt bike and then racing the adult race on a 250 and just uh, all the hours on a quad and just the every time i got on the quad i was trying to learn something just every time i was trying to learn something trying something different trying to you know break late break early just testing things in different scenarios not and you know that's why you know we talk about how i see the track i can see what happens before it happens because i've been there and I've, I've tried all the stupid stuff and i know it doesn't work too and you still learn every day, I'm sure. Oh yeah, oh and, you know it's little things. You know, once you know, if, uh, starting at the bottom, you know, if you're down down on ground level, there's you know there's a ladder that goes straight straight up, right? And the the rungs are really big, and you know you can take leaps and bounds at the bottom. You know, really jump from C to A class. But once you get to that A class, the rungs are really tight, and it's just you're inching. You know, just gaining tenths of a second in a corner here and there, and just learning the little things. You know, and it's as incredible as I thought I was on a sport quad, Walker and Bryce were still pulling a minute a lap on me, you know, and I'm just, how do I get there? I feel like I'm almost killing myself. And these guys are, they're just, you know, the top five are just another tier. And that's that pro sport quad class. So it's just me always trying to get there and see what they're seeing. And, um, you know, my back kind of limited me on that a little bit. I think it would have been more competitive, but uh, those guys are wild. And I'm just always trying to see what they're seeing. How many years ago did you switch over to the four by four? I believe this was my fourth full season. My first season was a lot of trial and error and wrecking the quad and seeing the limits of the four by four. Uh, my second year uh, was pretty close. Landon, Landon beat me by probably like 30 or so, almost 30 points. I think we brought it down to the last round. And I wrecked out really bad at that round. Um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, so I, draw, I I wrecked out the last round that year. So uh, not a good show. Not not the, not the end of the year that that was. Me and Lane had a good year going my, my year too. But then I won the, the next two. You know, the last two years I've won it. So it was just adjusting the quad, learning the quad, um, not being afraid to make those mistakes and learn from it and uh, move forward from it. Yeah, I was talking to Brandon um, because I had him. He he's coming out tomorrow in his episode. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think I told you this already. I thought when I started watching the four by four with Landon f- there, I thought that that guy would never get beat. And then, bam, Cody Collier comes out and freaking takes his title away from him. You know, and I'm just like, wow, I guess I don't know anything about this. I need to shut my mouth and watch. Yeah, I know the first year off, Landon didn't race the full season. So, you know, that first year kind of felt cheap to me. You know, that my first title felt cheap. You know, Landon didn't race the full season. Brandon wasn't, you know, up the, up the pace yet. Yeah, he had players here and there, that uh, 22. But this last season, you know, Brandon was ready to roll round one. He led, he led almost all of round one, you know, ready to go. And then, uh, uh, no, he, uh, me and Landon read, led, uh, half of round one and then he tagged a tree and I got into the back of them. We, we, uh, we got tangled up pretty good, went flying end over end, but, uh, uh, no, he, you know what, uh, they both showed up ready to play this year. They both raced every single round. There's no excuses for many of us. Uh, we all had ailments and problems this year and, uh, you know, this one felt real. 
Yeah, because it was pretty much touch and go until two rounds to go. Yeah, uh, yeah, no, I mean, it was a, uh, it was close. You know, uh, I had some bad showings in the middle of the year, just with uh, I had a couple injuries and illnesses, and then uh, my front bumper ripped, fell off at the uh, snowshoe minus one bolt, and tried to kill me for two hours, and uh, just some stupid little things. But you know, I, I I won every race that was close. I think you know every race that minus uh, um, what uh, buckwheat. Uh, I took a bad line with a lapper, and Landon was able to pinch me off and get the win at uh, buckwheat. But uh, no, I won every race that was close. Every race I was in contention in. You know, I from 40 seconds down on the last lap, made the charge and won every race I was ready for. Right. Minus Which, buckwheat. But then every other race I just had an issue or sick or just wasn't my day. And that's racing, you know, the, the, the fastest guy doesn't always win. No, no. You know, it, it takes, there's a, as much as I'm going to hate saying this, there's luck involved. Oh yeah, no, I got I got a little bit of luck this year, which is weird because I never get any luck. Uh, Georgia this year, I got the win. Um, uh, Brandon and Brandon were be- putting it to me. I was still recovering from my Florida illness. You know, they're only a week apart, so I was you know uh, post flu, not not you know not feeling a hundred percent, and just kind of rode my race in third. And Landon got wedged in trees and at the middle of the second or third lap, and he was done. Uh, Never seen someone wedge a four by four in trees like that. They had to take a chainsaw and get them out. You know, if you guys have heard of the show, we've talked about that before. But uh, yeah. no, uh, and then uh, you know, on the last lap with like three miles to go, Brandon was sitting there with a the blown motor. So I got I got a lucky race this year. I'll take that one. But other than that, it was uh, just just good, clean, hard racing. Just a couple problems here and there. Yeah, I I remember. Well, yeah, if you had DNF the last race, you'd have lost the title. Oh yeah, no. If I got below third place, I would have lost the title. So right. I didn't feel like taking any chances that day. Landon didn't show up. So I was kind of goofing off in second by myself. And uh, Hayden ended up catching me on the last lap and racing me really, really hard at the end. And just a uh, guy into me with like two corners to go. And it was like, whatever, man, take it, take the second today. So right. now I, I knew I needed third, rode my pace. Landon wasn't there, just rode, rode, rode around, no, didn't take no risks. I proved all I needed to prove this year and uh, was ready to go again for 24. Do you see anybody that we had talked about, you know, that it ended up on the podium besides you three coming into the fold this year? You know, it's like those top five in the XC1 class. How You know, Bison's a minute ahead of me. You know, we're kind of a minute ahead of everyone else. You know, Mickelson seems to have showings here and there where he can run the pace here and there. Um, you know, I hope my buddy Gavin Jenkins steps up. He seems to be the guy there with uh, with Hayden right now. Um, you know, uh, Braden Reed, the 4x4A class winner, stepping up. And um, Caden Worf, uh, shout out Elite, Elite Graphics. Uh, yeah, uh, Matt Worf, uh, his son, Caden, is moving up to 404 Pro Class. It was a really tight battle in the A class last year. So they'll be fun, frisky. They'll be, ex- they'll be exciting to watch for sure. Oh, so so you're getting some new blood, and you know people are getting more seasoned, so the competition could be tighter. Yeah, uh, I, yeah, I mean, I think me and Brandon are just going to go crazy this year. It's just going to be a slugfest this year between me and Brandon, and then uh, the few races land shows up. I don't know what kind of prep he's going to do. If he's going to be there with us all race, or if he's just not not going to have it. I, I don't know what his program is going to be. You know, he's always going to come ready to play, but uh, you know, me and you know, me and Brandon, me and Brandon went real bad. I know he does. I know I do. So, yeah, you guys are you guys are going to have a good season. I, I think that the class is growing and it's exciting. I, I, you know what? To be totally honest with you, when you look at your social media platform, yours and Brandon's, it it just excites you to watch those videos, to see oh, those yeah. heavy machines the way you guys ride them and make them look so fluent and you guys make it look easy. Yeah. That's what the pros do, right? That's what the yeah. Pros do, but I, it can, they can't be that easy to ride. It's just all pre-planning. There's no, it's all proactive, no reactive. Do not be reactive on a four by four. It's just not happening. So you gotta be very proactive and planned and, you know, precise and, you know, uh, execute. <laughs> 
I, I don't remember uh, if it was you or Brandon, but I was watching the machine as we break, the front end would dive down and the machine would get sideways. And it looked like the tires were trying to rip off the rims. Yeah, yeah, no, uh, it's a lot of weight, a lot of inertia, um, and so it, something's got to give. Tires are the softest spot; they're going, they're going to bend a little bit. And you know, part of racing the four by four is knowing when it's going to do that and how hard it's going to do that, based on how hard you throw it in the corner, on what degree you throw it in, with what uh, camber, with what dirt, with what you know, it all it all factors in. Do they roll? Do they roll very easy? I mean, oh yeah, oh they're very top heavy compared to a sport quad. Yeah, they're like if you go into an off camber section, it's it's not really comparable. Like you just can't hang. So like at, at local races, when I'm racing against like pro riders, like I would beat a national where the locals are tighter, more off cambered. It's it's uh, tightens things up for sure. So you have to be more on your toes, keeping the machine or keeping your body over the the high side so that it doesn't roll yeah so like let's say it's just like a little left hand off camber rut and that's through some trees they'll be able to toss that quad into there and dump the clutch right and shoot right out of it straight the 4x4 if you try to do that all that momentum is going to throw right you know it's it's hard to counter it's much harder to counter that okay a little, cl a little clutch dump and you're pulling straight with a sport quad on the 4x4 it's uh different trickier do you notice that with the centrifugal clutch that your your style of riding changes so that you're always in the throttle um with the 850 yeah that's why i was part of the reason i chose the 850 was because you could just lay on it and it was a little bit more controllable and wasn't trying to pull the front end up as much um with a 1000 is gonna be more about throttle control and that's gonna be the adjustment i'm gonna have to make is just being a little bit more careful about throttle control trying to get good drive good traction instead of spinning so much but with so, the four wheel drive, you just with the four wheel drive, you just point and shoot, and those front tires are going to pull you whatever direction you're aiming, pretty much. But does the CVT have a lag in it, like some of the other machines out there with CVT? Oh yeah, it's like it's a mini turbo kind of. Think of it as like a mini turbo. It takes a minute to spool up and get the RPMs up where you want them. So, so you're never really out of the throttle, then, is what you're saying. You get into the throttle earlier than you think you should, right? And I, and I, I'm, I'm more of like a momentum rider. Uh, Brand, Brand's more of a, you know, gas and brake guy, and I'm more of a momentum and flow guy. So, uh, just different riding styles for it, for sure. Is the are the clutches? You don't give it out secrets if you don't want to. Uh, are the clutches adjustable on the stock machines? <laughs> Um, not, not, no, not really. The clutches aren't really adjustable. You can get aftermarket ones, but there's not, you know, a lot you do to them once you get, get the clutch, you pretty much just slap it in. So, I mean, you can get different styles with, you know, uh, different tensions and different rollers to, for different heat you know, they have like, just like a, a solid plastic bearing that rides on and that creates more heat than like a ball bearing. So we run the ball bearings. Um, the belts, do they live uh, an extremely long time? Depends on the guy, you know. Um, if my dad was to race a full season, he could probably get a full season out of the belt. Maybe, maybe one change of summer break. My dad would probably get a full season out of one. Uh, me, I'm lucky to get three races out of one. So do you automatically, after the second race, change the belt? We do it every single race for the national quad. And then, you know, we'll we resell the old ones to different people at KMK, or I'll throw it on local quads that need a new belt. And they get... More life out of it than you would because they're not riding it the same way. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Uh, before me and before I started racing the four by four pro class, they weren't going fast. Like we weren't going fast enough to have to pit. Once I came to the four by four pro class, me and Landon were running out of gas and having to pit. And how do you guys do? You guys have a quick fill system for that. No one's done it yet. I hope no one does it. It's if no one does it, it's all fair. It's just dumping gas and go, right? You know, you can make a little canister, but like until someone buys a $500 quick fill piece, I'm not going to go and do that purchase for no reason. You know, how me much, me and my make How much time would it save you? Almost none, just depending uh if we get good uh cap off and cap cap on first twist, 
not really any time. Maybe a second. Okay, so it's not worth five hundred bucks. Not to me. Not to me. So and you know, me and me and my mechanic really, you know, sat down. He designed a really good one, and I got it, and uh, I made some altercations to it, and it, it works fantastic. So. Okay, it's, so it's, it's like an, I have like an inch and a quarter. I'm gonna tell everyone my secret. I got like an inch and a quarter outlet with like a two inch canister, maybe like a three inch canister, and then the two inch outlet, two inch air, two inch air inlet, and then it's inch and a quarter out, so it's just pumping it out. And so how many? That's all it is. How many gallons do you drop? Uh, we go for a gallon and a half to two. You know, we use at least a gallon, but it's so quick. Like you, you just put a little extra fuel in there, so it just dumps it quicker. And that's just an insurance policy, basically. Yeah, may as well. Don't don't hurt nothing to have it, and it dumps out just as quick in my head with the extra weight. So, are you calculating the length of the course, the time of the course, so that you you ever come up to where you know what I might be able to make this race without fueling? I've done it once or twice and just waved them off. Like where I, like I knew like the, the track was slow and I didn't have a lot of wheel spin and I wasn't on the throttle a lot. And there was a lot of just low RPMs and rolling, you know, um, you could feel it, you know? So I, I think I've two nationals ever. I've skipped out on fuel since we started fueling. Have you ever drained the fuel to see where you were at the end of the race to see if you really needed it? Uh, me, when I first switched to KMK with Mike Seegers, I was talking to BNR Motorsports and, uh, I was telling him like, dude, I feel like I, I'm starting to need gas. Like I got like a bar after every single race left on my fuel can fuel light. Right. And uh, I think it was after Penton one year. Um, and I loaded up my quad into the, you know, the trailer right after the race, you know, just finished race, fifth podium straight to the trailer. Um, went home, unloaded it from the trailer, went to ride it to the Creek to like, I, I ride up and down the Creek and give it kind of a pre-wash before I pull it up to the wash rack, uh, loosen up the frame and wheels and everything. Um, it ran out of gas on the way to the Creek <laughs> after they were telling me, there's no way you need gas. Like there's just no way they're like five and a half gallon tanks. And I, I ran out of gas on the way a hundred, like a couple hundred feet after the race. If the race was another mile. I don't know if I would have made it at race pace. So that's when we started fueling. Was after that one? I'm like, all right, I'm done. No more risks. We're fueling. That's crazy. That's crazy. And there's no room to blow the tank up or put a larger tank in there. It it is illegal to have an aftermarket tank in the full rifle pro class. Okay, I believe. Like uh, after, there's a fuel capacity is the rule. Okay. Okay. So um, I I've 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 heard of people. Uh, do like heating up their tanks and pumping air into it to expand it. And it got brought up to me, like, a, like someone suggested that I do it. And I'm like, absolutely not. I'm not doing that. Not, I'm not cheat. I don't cheat. Some, some people think I question that, but I do not cheat. Well, bending the rules isn't cheating. Breaking the rules. It's not even bending cheating. the rules. Yeah, not even bending the rules. It's black and white. But I'm just saying, bending the rules is not cheating. Breaking the rules is cheating. Well, yeah, yeah, no, there's, there's no gray area. It's black and white. On on that one, I agree. So that that being said, for 2024, are there any significant rule changes that have come up that change any aspect of your planning for the races? No significant changes to me, you know. Uh, they they mentioned they're uh, enforcing 50 inches this year. They don't have stakes to enforce 50 inches, uh, which I'm always already within 50 inches. So, um, other than that, I don't know. No, just switching 1,000, same same program, just figuring out a couple of new sponsors, just the uh, same program rolling. Were there guys running bigger than 50 inches? Uh, it, it looked like a couple of guys were pushing it, so. Yeah, and a big machine like that, fifty inches would be almost narrow. I and it, it really helps the center of gravity and the, the speed you're able to carry through corners and through sections and everything. And GNCC being as wide open as it is, the wider the quad, the better. You know, as long as you can still make it around the track, you might lose half a second through a couple of sections. But like the, just the ability to hang on with the wider wheelbase is wild. 
you think the sport quads, the XC1, XC2 guys, could go to closer to 50 inches? I think that they're already sitting at like 48, and I don't think they want to go any wider. I don't think they're that wide. I'm going to have to make a couple calls because I thought they were closer to 47. 46. Yeah, they're right in there. They're right in there. Because when Hunter, because Hunter's the one that talks the most, Hunter came out and raced the, the West Coast and rode the narrow bike. And then he rode the wide bike. And he goes, riding the wide bike is a huge difference compared to oh, the yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. It's just you can't, you know, get fit through some sections on the on the MX bike. Right. Well, the off road bike on the West Coast, it's fifty inches, and that's. You know, I don't even think they enforce the rule. I think they just say it's fifty inches, and you know, run it, move on with it. I hear you. I remember going through the 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 deal measuring the width when we were racing motocross years and years and years ago, but I've never seen it done on the West coast for off-road stuff. And in the desert, I don't think they care. I don't even know what the rule says. You know, I could, I couldn't tell you, I couldn't tell you. Yeah, I can't. Now here East coast it's 50 inches and it, it's never been forced as long as I've been out there and it's going to enforce this year. So. Well, I think that's good. I mean, if you're going to have a rule, why not? Why not check it? Do they do they test you guys for sound? No, no, we do not have audible testing. I imagine if there was an issue, they would they would test it. But like, uh, they, uh, GNC does a lot of um, uh, don't ask, don't tell kind of thing. Like, you know, don't ask, don't tell. Like that's the wrong phrasing for it. But like, if there's not an issue, we're not going to make it an issue. Right, but they do the sport quad stuff though. Oh, when I raced XC1, they didn't. I, I never got sound checked. I think they, I think they sound checked the sport guys, the XC1 guys. They might have updated it. I, you know, it's been a few years since I've been in the class. But back when I ran XC1, I never once got audible tested. I think it's a waste of energy, but you know, hey, what you got to do, what you got to do, right? Yeah, whatever, whatever helps the insurance. <laughs> I don't think it's an insurance issue. I think it's a. Uh, Maybe if you're racing in a more uh, a community where there's the houses closer, which I don't know if any of your race courses are close to any. I we're racing. That's not I, that. Deal with it. <laughs> deal with it. We're yeah, racing. Neighbors don't see it that way. I, I, I well talk to them. Talk to them about the next event. And I don't. I don't know. I think it's ridiculous. We're out there racing quads. Who cares about a couple? It's not like you're going double as loud as anyone else. You're just going a little bit louder with, a, you know, the bigger exhaust or whatever. You know, I don't want anyone to pull up with no exhaust and just the just the head pipe, but no, no straight pipes. But I raced a TT five hundred on flat track with a straight pipe. See, so yeah, I got my my ears ring a little bit here, and I'm thinking about starting to wear ear protection. Land Wolf always wore ear protection, even on those one thousands. They're loud. We got the dual exhaust. They they bark. Dual HMF exhaust. You know, I I rode the seven hundred V twin that Kawasaki made for a season, and I it was behind me. I never it it, it never seemed to bother me that much. Um, and riding the four fifties for all the years, <clears throat> I know that. Eichner rode with earplugs because he said that it allowed him not to listen to the engine and feel the vibrations of the machine for shifting purposes. Uh, yeah, both work, I guess. Uh, I've never ridden with earplugs, so I couldn't tell you. I know that sometimes when I'm tuning, I wish I didn't have to wear a helmet so I could hear it better. Yeah. But he's saying, turn those ears off. Just feel it. Yeah, exactly. Tell you. Get in tune with your machine. One of the coolest things about there's a uh, dry lake bed not too far from us. It's about an hour drive. And if you really want to tune something, you go to this straight stretch of of graded dry lake bed road, and it's so wide and so straight 
that which I would never admit to this, you know, in a in a area where somebody was going to hold me to it. Um, if you're having trouble dialing the tuning in, the the best thing to do is rely on your feel senses, sensory perception better than hearing or seeing. So close your eyes. Okay. You start to feel the vibration through the machine better. You can't do it for a long period of time. You know, everybody has their own number that they will keep their eyes closed as they're shifting through the gears on a machine. Um, but I could get to a 20, 25 count before I'd open my eyes, knowing, you know, that the road's straight. I got to hold it straight. I got to, as I shift through the gears. And it would give you a, a good feel, a better feel for the tuning. You could go back to the truck, make your tuning adjustments and and go forward. Yeah, you could feel where it was lagging, where it needed more pad, where it dropped off through the range. Absolutely. And that was usually on only the machines that I struggled with. The ones that you don't, you don't, you don't have to do that. But uh, my brother tunes with his ear. He just listens to me ride them and has makes adjustments accordingly. So I know. So for me, like I know, I, I like I'm very much, you know, it's not how well you ride your quad; it's how well you ride with your quad, right? So I'm, I'm very much in tune with my quad. I'm the variable; my quad's going to do what it's going to do. So I'm trying to receive as much feedback as I can, and then when I do something, I know how it's supposed to go, and I'm always looking for that feedback. So if I get into the throttle, I'm waiting to hear and feel that exhaust. You know, all of it goes together for me. I'm not focused yeah. on it, but like it's more of like a it's, it's happening how. It, you know, I think it should. So we were talking earlier about um, that you're you don't want to be reactionary. You want to plan. So when that when when that's happening with your dialing in of your suspension, how do you monitor the adjustments with less body English? Am I am I asking the question correctly? So, uh, you're, you're asking, um, how much do I rely on suspension changes versus me being different on the bike? Yes. 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 I rode the same. So I got my first full season in four by four pro. I was, um, I raced like three or four races at the end of 2018, uh, 2019, I raced 20, 21, 22, 23, my four years. So at the end of, uh, um, 19 uh the at the end of 18 before i raced 19 20 okay end of 19 i'm sorry end of 19 was my first year in the first year in 4x4 pro raced a few races and then at the start of 20 um uh i got with access and he gave me a setup and we i raced it once at big buck i was like hey can you step these up he's like yeah i was like i want the Fronts need to be a little heavier, rears need to be a little heavier, but I like the balance. The balance is good. Everything works right. They just need to be stiffer. You made that adjustment for me, and I didn't touch them until this summer. So I raced on for three and a half years with no adjustments. You know, I, I messed with the clicker here and there, uh, just liked how they worked, uh, as well as I didn't, uh, you know, have do any one on one sessions with Axis, and it was working, and I was good. And, um, you know, I was on for three and a half years and I'm like, okay, now I fully understand these shocks fully. I know where they're good and bad. I got, uh, access, uh, Micah, uh, McDonough, with custom access to do some shock testing with me this summer out at, uh, Mountain Ridge, uh, ATV park. We used to have a few GNCCs there at the windmills, um, did testing out there. And, uh, like the, we ended up switching to triple rates. I used to run just dual rates. So the problem I was having was, uh, once you use up all the primary spring with like tilt, you couldn't really get into that second secondary spring. It was so stiff. So it would just start tipping, right? Unless you threw enough weight to get into that secondary spring, but then it would rebound and you would just be sitting on that primary spring. So it just have a lot of tip. So we switched to a triple rate shock where it's more progressive and I can control the, the lean more. And then, uh, they seem to be more, uh, they seem to be smoother and choppier stuff. I feel way more comfortable doing stupid stuff. They're, they're, they're smoother. They, they, they take, they take it much better. Uh, feel more comfortable, feel more comfortable being uncomfortable on those shocks for sure. It helped with the tilt. You know, I'm not diving into a corner and waiting for it to grab and pop. I know it's kind of got some roll to it now. And then, um, 
or a touch stiffer. So it, it's just a smoother ride with the triple rates. That's freaking, that's great that you feel that comfortable and feel it that way. I, I, that's what I was trying to, I was trying to get that detailed answer from you because I, I didn't know how to answer the question. I didn't know how to ask the question correctly, but you answered. No, you're good. You're good. So yeah, yeah. So I started with the shock setup. I said, make it stiffer. I like how it works. I'm just, that's always been my thing. My, my, if you've seen why I grew up riding on, you laugh. Like just some of the, the messes I've had to race and ride and wrong setups and goofy stuff. Uh, shock setup for guys twice my weight, half my weight. My quad twice, two times too big, you know, 14 years old on a 450 set up for my brother. Who's, uh, uh, got, got, got a little beer gut on him. And, you know, it's, uh, just, uh, I just always rode whatever. I was the variable. Just show up and ride it, show up and ride it, kids. So my dad would always tell me, so just, uh, figure it out. You know, if you can make some adjustments, great. I just figured make them stiffer. I was bottoming out too much. I stopped bottoming out. I liked how they worked. I just made it work. And I, the couple of things I had problems with over the years, we made those adjustments. So maybe I'll ride these for three and a half more years and be like, oh, let's change this and this. So I'm the variable out there. I like my shocks. I feel like if you change your shocks every time you go and ride, how are you going to keep up with it? Just get a setup, learn how to ride it, learn what you're doing wrong and what the shocks are making you do wrong. There's a difference. People like to blame their setup too much. Right on. I agree with that. I totally. Sometimes you guys, hey, when the green flag drops, doesn't matter what your setup is. You still got to ride. Oh yeah, no. I got like my like I I love racing bone stock YFZs and coming up to locals. I won three overalls this year on a bone stock YFZs. I think twice it was stock tires even. <laughs> nice. So I like like it's it's just you know it's it's so much more about the rider. You got all these C class and B class riders that are worried about buying Chris Borch's quad and getting float shocks and just just get a stock quad maybe put shocks on it don't even care that much if you build a motor you're not even handling all the stock motor yet why are you putting more in there you're not even getting all of the 45 horsepower of the moderately built 450 gets just run something stock run the piss out of it and when you're bored with it and you want more power that's when you get more power too many no one does that anymore everyone just wants to get the 60 horsepower motor and run and I think that they need 60 horsepower in the woods is like too much. It's that's, I mean, all the XC1, you know, only the top 20, honestly, only the top 10, 15 guys can really handle it for two hours. And then you got some guys that are rolling with it. You know, I've talked to a few of those guys and they don't run that much power. They don't need it's. It's not. It's not about the power. It's nice here and there. Most people are probably running like low fifties, mid fifties, like fifty four range. I think mostly for the consistency of it. But you know, like Borich back in the day, I think he was running like sixty six horsepower in his Suzuki, and that's why you know he would just roll by people in the fields. You know, he was incredible. That was one of his things. He had that Suzuki, and it would just you could you couldn't beat it. Right, but yeah, it's just it. it cross-country racing is not about a horsepower it's not yeah it's not it's not at all and i, I run the 850 i won the last two championships on an 850 you know right i i totally get it brother hey cody as always man i appreciate everything that you do for the sport for atv talk and the cross-country industry um i'm assuming that we'll be having some uh race reports that we'll be doing uh this year Starting, oh yeah, oh yeah. Starting in March, right, or February? February seventeenth, or yeah, seventeenth, I believe. It's it's coming quick. Thanks again, brother. I'll catch up with you. Just hold on. The team here at ATV Talk would love your feedback. Please email us at hello at atvtalkpodcast.com. San Diego's Body Evolution and Wellness Center. With over 17 years experience, Dr. Heidi looking out after all your chiropractic needs and Coach PJ looking out after all your fitness needs. Visit our website, www.bodyevolution.org or call for an appointment, 619-987-8875. If you're in need of a consultation for your current racing program, a custom ATV, or an industry guest speaker, I have the company for you. 
Duncan Technologies International, Inc. Offers host, MC, and guest speaking services at events. Builds custom ATVs for recreational riding or racing around the world. And they offer consulting services for professional teams or individual racers. Send inquiries to International at gmail.com or call 619-716-1532 for more information. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, don't forget to share us with your family and friends. The podcast is available on all streaming platforms, and you can find us on social media as ATV Talk Podcast. We're on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, Rumble, and Twitter. 